0: Well, good morning, welcome, and happy new year, 2023. You know, it's hard to believe that all the, the movies and shows that I grew up with that projected the future, well, that future is here now and beyond. And quite frankly, I'm disappointed. They showed us so much more things that we were supposed to have now that we don't. But well, here we are. But the one thing that does stay the same, no matter how far into the future we go or how far in the past we go, and that is as Jesus. He is the same today. He is the same tomorrow. And he is the most important thing that we have in this world. Hebrews 13, 7 and 9. Remember them which have ruled over you, which have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with drivers of strange doctrine, for it is a good thing for that the heart be established with grace and with meats which have not been profited to them that have been occupied therein. So, uh, we're starting a new year and there's many opportunities about what we can talk about. And I guess I seem to fall into the the same as everyone else does during this time of year. We get excited about having a a fresh start and be able to set new goals and, and do new things. And, um, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get to those things. But first of all, I think we need to look at, what God has for us before we start setting where, up where we want to go. We're living in a world today that is rapidly, rapidly changing, and there is a lot of things and ideas being pushed at us, and we need to decide as individuals, as a church, as Christians, about how we feel about these things. We can't just simply just just bounce around and just be. We have to make clear and decisive choices based on the word of God, which is the truth. Which is our only filter is the only thing that we can use to be a tool to determine which one of these things should we follow? Should we ignore? Should we stand up against? Many times as Christians we become passive and we just let things be. We can only take one course of action. We can either walk in the light or walk in the dark. And passiveness will push us over to the dark side. And we need to know where we stand. We live in a world today where everyone has an opinion and it's real easy to make that opinion known and to force that upon others. So we're going to look at a couple of these subjects today. And uh, this was actually something that I was been thinking about for weeks ago and just couldn't seem to fit it in with the course of the calendar and all the holidays and everything else we've been talking about. And it seems like today is a good enough day as any to to talk about it. But I was asked the question once, are you a progressive pastor? Well, I may not be the smartest man alive, but I do know when I'm being baited into a question. And uh, I try to stay knowledgeable, not only from a Bible point of reference, but what is also, what is the world talking about? What is, is going on with the evolution of the world and how does God fit in that or how is God being pushed out of it is a more relevant term. So I have heard this term before. And with it, It goes along with what you support. And I've heard people talk about, yes, that I'm a progressive pastor because I support this, 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 and this. And it seems to be there is a, a movement now that we need to alter the word of God in order to make it more adaptable to the world. That we have so-called Bible scholars, we have pastors, we have religious leaders that are going and taking the Word of God and saying, Oh no, this is not what that means. It really means this, that it was translated wrong, that it was taken out of context, and they're doing whatever kind of excuse they need to make it fit their topic, their agenda, what they want it to say. They want it to be all-inclusive. And that's nothing new. For centuries, since the beginning, man has been trying to fill the churches and doing it by any means possible. We talked about over the the last six, eight weeks or so, the different holidays and stuff, we've talked about how that the Roman Catholic Church took advantage of these different traditions and molded them in and changed them and converted them to call them Christian traditions in an effort to capture the attention of more people. To bring them in. To bring them into the fold. You know, sometimes, as a pastor, we can get a little overexcited. Because when you're standing up here, you want to see the seats filled. You want to have an audience to speak to. You want to, to bring the word. Now, for me... That, that lies true. I want people to hear the Word. I want souls to be saved. I want hearts to be changed. I want to be part of God making a difference. I want to see people turn to Christ. I want to see people stand up for Jesus. I want to see lives changed. and I'm sure that there's many that share my beliefs and want to do the same thing and then also too we know that we want to see seeds filled because there's profit there's power in it there's all kind of reasons that we want to see these things happen and sometimes we can blur the lines in the graph of quantity versus quality And one thing I've came to realize is over the the, the course, and we're, I've been doing this for a number of years now, is that it doesn't do any good to have a full building if nothing changes. If we're talking to the masses and the masses are not changing, if we're not having a change of heart, if we're not. Building our relationship with God. If we're not moving closer to Jesus. If we're not doing these things. That's the whole purpose of why Jesus set up the church. Is so we can grow together. We can accomplish more. And also so we can bring others into the fold. And have them change. Not by us but through the power of God. And to grow a heart for God. Those are the things that we are after. Hebrews 5 and 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing soldier of the soul and spirit, and its joints and its marrows, and it is discentered in thoughts and intents of the heart. We think that if we could just get enough of the word in them, that we can see that change. So, when asked the question, are you a progressive pastor? I typically do not like answering a question with a question. But when you know that you're going to come under attack, when you know that there's no right answer, Sometimes you have to put up an opposition. So my response was, what is a progressive pastor? Then they're caught off guard and they have to think a little bit. And of course they say, well, do you support this? Do you support that? And the reason that we have such a a grisly attack when we come to things like that and what we support or not, because the church traditionally has been very black and white. Either you look like us, you act like us, you talk like us, you think like us, welcome, come on in. But when you are different, when you... Don't fit the mold when your ideology may be different. We don't want you here. So where am I going with that? Because it may sound like I'm going in a, a different direction. It may sound like you don't, may not understand. But let me, let me explain. And I want to, to show you something. Matthew nine and ten and nine and ten in Matthew and it came to pass that Jesus sat and had meat in the house. Behold, the the publicans and the sinners came down and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eat your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, That is the whole need, not of the physicians that are sick. But when ye go and learn the meanest, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am come to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. So, what typically happens is, okay, we have... Either people to come in, they act like us, they look like us, they talk like us. No problem, no whatsoever. But when we have a difference and we push them away, they don't hear the word. They don't hear the word. And so they can't experience that change. Now we're coming into... A time, probably in the very near future, where the government is trying to very much blur that line between church and state. And it's going to start telling us that if you shun certain people, if you are not accepting of how they are, what they are, what they do, that there are going to be ramifications for you and your organization. And we have to determine what are we going to do in these situations. And I think it's been laid out very clear by Jesus here what we should do. See, we oftentimes take on the the side that we are always right. That we do what we do, we're justified in our actions, and really we are uneducated. We haven't taken enough time to get into the Word of God, to really see what God is telling us. Don't try to put context in there, we're not done yet. Don't try to read between the lines, we're going to get there. So, there's a, a process To everything. And everything requires some effort. And we should be putting these efforts into these things. And it should be equal across the board. So. I've got to. Marry a few people. As this profession goes. Now there's a process to it because. I've had them come up and say, hey, that's what I want to do. It's like, okay. Well, here's what we need to do. Here's the process. If you want me to do this for you, we need to sit down and we need to do some talking. We need to do some studying. We need to do some, some homework. And a lot of times that is enough right there to to shut down the process because they can just go to another number in the phone book and call up someone else and someone else might be willing to do it without all the effort. But see, I take my position really serious. Many churches will Fill up the baptistry, they will dump people in, but never once talk about why we're doing it. If we are going to come in God's house and we are going to perform a ceremony orchestrated by Him in front of Him, we need to make sure that we know exactly what we are doing. Exactly what our hearts are at. And the only way we can do that is is to get into the Word of God and to ask the tough questions and to show what God has for us. I love Jesus. I love to be in the gospel. I like to talk about all of his adventures. Not long ago, we was talking about him going into the temple and turning over them tables and throwing people out and just telling them how wrong they were and using the scripture to back him up. I mean, that was something like out of an action movie. I mean, we know he's a hero, but he is a hero. By definition, he looked these people in the eyes, these leaders, these religious leaders, and he didn't waver. He didn't tremble. He faced demons. There was never any fear. And he did everything. Justified, he did everything without sin, he did everything using nothing but the Word of God. And we all say we want to strive to be like Jesus, we want to be like Jesus. If you call yourself a Christian, if you say you love Jesus and don't want to be like Jesus, there's something wrong. But the problem is, we don't want to put forth the effort to be like Jesus. We don't want to get to to know him. We don't want to get to know all of him. And we want to pick and choose what we want to be like. We come unarmed or partially armed into the war with Satan, into the world. And i I told you, I like to stay up to date. I like to know what people are, are talking about. And more and more and more, I am seeing so many false teachers. Because it's so easy now. It's so easy to get someone's ear. We have all this technology and all we have to do is turn on a camera, flip on a microphone, and we can broadcast to the world. And we humans, we are lazy. So instead of getting into our our Bible, instead of reading, instead of studying, instead of spending time in prayer, it's real easy to flip on a a podcast, to watch a video, to listen to something in the car, to read something on social media. And in our minds, we think, well, since we're doing this, we're getting that check mark next to our name that we're doing something for God. We're getting our brownie points. But we don't realize what we're actually listening to. And many times it is utter garbage it is downright lies it is untrue but we don't know that because we don't have that strong foundation see it should be that we should be so well read into the word of God that it should go off like an alarm when we hear something that isn't true When they talk about that there is no hell, that that's not a biblical thing. Well, yet we know if we look into the Word of God that it is there. We have people telling others that they can do whatever they want to do and there's no ramification for it, that we get all the good and none of the bad and we believe it because it sounds good. Especially when they put on a nice little suit. When they stand up in a big organization and they have the huge following. We live in a society that worships celebrity status. There'll be a performer up on the stage and you can look down into the audience as the camera pans around and you'll see people coming to tears because they're so overwhelmed with emotion because they're so close to this person that they have such affection for. Not because of someone they know personally, not because they have did some great thing, because of what they, they see, the persona that they put on, because of what they do, who they are, because they're deemed special. And that's the goal of any influencer or anyone that's out on social media to get just as many likes and many followers and to build up this celebrity status. And then you can make it profitable. See, once you become so popular, there's companies that's willing to pay you to put their ads on your platform because there are so many people seeing it. And we think anytime that there is a big following, that there is something useful there, and that we need to look like them, buy their products, act like them and hang on every word that they say. When reality it is all just smoke and mirrors. We all get to this point where we think that we are above something else. If we decide to open the doors and let them in, we immediately go to judgment and to point out what's wrong, what they need to change. God tells us not to judge. You know, we need to worry about the beam that's in our own eyes before we start worrying about the, the moat that's in theirs. Because we all have things that we fall short from. We all have things that we can do better. We all have a past, and we have past transgressions. You know, when Jesus died for our sins, he died for not only our past sins, not only our current sins, but our future sins. Because just because that we accept him, just because we turn our lives over to Christ, doesn't mean we stop being sinners. And just because we think that our sin is less than someone else's, doesn't make it so. So, what do we do? I say that anyone that wants to hear the Word of God, that wants to hear God's truth, is welcome. And we don't have to do nothing. We don't have to point out sin. We don't have to give direction. See, that's what the Word of God does. And the goal is, if we have a variety of the Word, I don't need everyone to get something out of every message. I just need one person to get something out of a message. If one person can get one thing out of one message, then that's good enough for me. We've made a difference in one life. And if more and more and more can do it, that's great. Try to give the message that God has because God knows who needs what at what time. He lines everything up. He puts you in the right place and me in the right place and everyone in the right place for these things to come together. We have the smallest groups make the most noise. Whether it be by race, by gender, by whatever acronym, of letters you want to throw together. These are always the smallest groups. But yet they seem to have the most influence because they're trying to to push something they're trying to grow themselves you know until the last couple years the only time that I heard about pronouns was in my English classes I had in school. So I could learn how to talk and write and read properly. But nowadays, it seems to be a point that's blasted in our faces each and every day. And the thing is, that they say that, well, I'm telling you this so you can address me correctly. Uh, but there's a problem with that. Because, you know, I did take an English class or six. And I do know a little bit about the language. And see that if we're going to have conversation, I'm going to say hi. My name is, and you're going to say, hi, well, my name is, and we're going to know each other by our name. So if we're not in direct sight, I'm going to say your name. I'm going to address you by name, and you would do the same for me. And then as we go into our conversation, we're going to be using a first person context Of pronoun. You. Your. How was your day? Is that your car? And that will be always through this conversation. There is no way for me to slip in a third person pronoun. How is she car? It doesn't make any sense. It's not the way we talk. So at no point... Am I going to be able to misidentify anything because we are using proper English? We only use third-person pronouns when the person isn't there. Is that her car? Is that his house? So the whole point... That when we are addressing these things we are are trying to say look this is me and I have this agenda. And we need to be aware of this from every aspect. Whether we're out on the street or whether we're in church or welcoming someone for the first time, we don't have to drive anything to anyone. God's word Is alive. It is a two-edged sword. It changes us. For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and even dividing under the soul and spirit and in the joints of the marrow. And the disinter thoughts and intents of the heart. Can any of us take our words, our knowledge, and have that kind of impact on people? Absolutely not. We can't do what the Spirit does on the inside. Our purpose is to teach the truth. To live a truthful life, to be in the image of God, and to do so by knowing what his word says and living our life according to his word. The word doesn't change. Matthew 24 and 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We look back through history. And we look about every time that the world has changed. The, the technology that changed. The fads. What's popular? Who's popular? All these things change. But the word of God does not change. And it does not die. It does not come invalid. And we cannot change it, cut it, manipulate it, and mold it to fit today's world. And we're not helping anybody. We're not saving any soul. We're not making any lives better. If we go along with all of these things, that is against God. We're getting on the side of Satan. Satan wants us to do everything that is against God. And God has only the best intentions for us. Everything that God does has purpose. And we may not always like it, we may not always understand it. We may not always want to do it. But the fact and reality is that everything that God commands us to do or not do has purpose. And that purpose is not for his benefit. It's not for him to be a puppet master and just make us do random things. It is for our benefit. So we can maximize our lives. We can maximize our prosperity. So we can access the kingdom of heaven. So we can have a better relationship with him. So we can have a better relationship with each other. All of these things that God tells us to do is with purpose. And we have to ask ourselves when we talk about things of the world, what is the purpose? And many times the only answer we can come up with, well, because it made someone feel good. It didn't hurt their feelings. It made them feel included. These are not the things that's going to enrich our lives. We have a duty. Every generation, it gets worse and worse and worse. But every generation gets less and less influence from God. Because we're not presenting it. We're not doing our part. We're not being those beacons of light. We're not representing him. But we have a ton. Of representation. Of the world. And you go with what you know. So we see world, 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 world. And we see no God. There's nobody praising God. We have no blowing up of miracles we have no prayer our churches get smaller and smaller and less of and we as christians we know all these things and what are we doing we are still contributing to the problem We sugarcoat the truth. We skip over subjects because we're afraid we might offend somebody. I say everyone is welcome, but I'm not going to cater to your condition. We speak the truth, the whole truth. And every bit of the truth known as the word of God. And if that offends someone. If that causes condemnation. Then so be it. We need to feel something. So as we go through into the new year and we look to make changes and we look to make a difference and we look to grow and we look how to do these things, what is going to be our filter? And that is the word of God. What would Jesus do? How does God feel about that? We're going to be able to answer these questions. And we're going to do exactly how Jesus did every time that We're challenged. We're going to be able to go back to the scripture. The word of God. The ultimate weapon.